Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe, the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, learns about our barriers, and helps us discover the tools and strengths we need for self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. The Autism Society of Minnesota has been serving Minnesota's autism community for the past 50 years. Visit them online at AUSM.org. Some listeners have said that they cannot find the transcripts. The link to listen to each episode is created by the Anchor Podcast Creator. To get to the program scripts and interview transcripts, go to either the new podcast episodes page or the episode index page on todaysautisticmoment.com, then click on the hamburger menu. Scroll down to the episode you want to listen to. Under the title of each episode is the link to listen. Below that is the link for the program script that has these announcements that I am making now on them. The script for the future shows and today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. The link just below is the interview transcript that has my conversation with my guests in print. Click or tap to open the scripts. The interview transcripts are sponsored by GT Independence. If you have difficulty finding anything, please send an email to pklowe at todaysautisticmoment.com. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association that is also called the NPA. The NPA just started this year and includes over 1,000 different podcasts with their owners among their members. On July 11th, the National Podcast Association held their very first podcast-a-thon. It was a two-hour program that featured a 15-minute clip from eight different podcasts. A 15-minute clip of today's Autistic Moments episode, Autistic Adults Our Diverse Gender Identities with NZ Tanner was among the eight clips that was selected to be heard on their show. I was so excited and honored that a clip from this podcast about autistic adults was heard by the many members of the National Podcast Association. I want to say a public thank you to the National Podcast Association, NZ Tanner, and especially you, my listeners, for helping to make it possible. Today's Autistic Moment is having a great impact. On Tuesday, August 10th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, you are invited to join me with Sam- and Samuel J. Levine in a special live virtual event, Autistic Adults and Employment. This exciting special live virtual event is sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and Community. Tickets are now on sale 
through todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash LVE forward slash. There is only one more free ticket left. To get the last free ticket, register for the event through the link provided on the live virtual events page on todaysautisticmoment.com and click on the purple colored link at the bottom of the page. When you purchase a ticket, click on the drop down menu and select first five, that's F-I-R-S-T with the number five. General admission is just $10 a person. If you want to get a $5 discount, go to the subscriptions and bonuses page to become a podcast planning partner for only $15 a month. If you want to attend this and other events for free, join the Podcast Planners Plus Free Pass subscription for as little as $25 a month. After I receive the confirmation of your subscription, I will email you the promo code for the discount your subscription gives you. The tickets are on a first-come, first-served basis, and you only have until August 5th to purchase your tickets. So get your tickets now while they last. You can also take advantage of other bonuses, like newly published episodes, the monthly moments newsletter sent to you by email, a free ballpoint pen and stylus, and become part of the planning for the future of today's autistic moment by participating in other subscription offers. The first podcast planning partners live meeting will be on Thursday, July 22nd at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Subscribe now to receive a VIP invitation to participate. Listening to today's autistic moment is free and always will be. These subscriptions are helped to build up the adult autistic community for today's autistic moment and make the podcast even better than it is. Emerson Malone wrote an amazing article on BuzzFeedNews.com entitled How Autistic People Are Showing the Limitations of Person-First Language. You can find the link to this exceptional article on my Adult Autism Resources Links page on todaysautisticmoment.com. Emerson interviewed Lydia XZ Brown. Brown was quoted as saying, person-first language actually had revolutionary origins. Unfortunately, that has become lost in most modern discourse because the people who most loudly advocate for the use of person-first language are not disabled at all. Later in the article, Emerson uses the following quote from Emma Brown, who is the co-chair of the University of Bradford in the United Kingdom. Autistic is something that I am. I have an autistic brain, and everything I experience, I do so through an autistic and ADHD lens. I don't see it as inherently negative. It is a neurology and nothing to be ashamed of. I am sharing this with my listeners as part of my explanation of why I use identity first language. Since I began hosting today's autistic moment, I have heard many autistics saying openly that many of us have had it with non-autistic people deciding for us who we are, should be, 
and or how we ought to be fitted into the world to win the approval of the neurotypical majority. These attitudes are driven by an ableist culture. If you listen to the episode Autistic Adults and Living Independently, Dan Carmichael from GT Independence said that, quote, what needs to change is what people view as normal, end of quote. On the episode Autistic Adults and Autism Acceptance, Ellie Wilson said that there is a therapist at the Autism Society of Minnesota who is fond of saying, quote, normal is a setting on a washing machine. Normal does not apply to people, end of quote. I am one of many autistics who see ourselves as neurodivergent. We do think, talk, act, and process things very differently from how the neurotypical majority does. Many autistics such as I have gone through a process to accept being unique as one of our greatest strengths as individuals with a personality and not limited to a diagnostic pathology that dehumanizes us. Regardless of what group of people you are from that has a history of being othered, the media plays a powerful role in that it reflects what society looks like. The media is well known for getting everyone's attention by whatever sensations they create. Autistic people are one group of people that are portrayed and betrayed by the media. The entertainment and news media continues to use the harmful functioning labels thinking that they are doing autistics a favor. Many continue to say that Asperger's is high functioning and therefore it is mild and not as severe as the autistics with higher support needs who use augmentative and alternative communication devices. While the show Atypical on Netflix puts a face name, and a productive character on an autistic guy named Sam, it also betrays autistics with stereotypes that suggest all autistics are probably like Sam. Stereotypes like these, suggested by similar shows, can cast dark shadows on neurodiversity. In other media portrayals, autistic people are betrayed when the autistic character is prone to criminal and violent behavior, lazy, abusive, and unable to appreciate the consequences of our actions, further stigmatizes all autistic people. Among the reasons this happens is because autistics are often characterized in the media by neurotypical people, neurotypical values, and what is defined as normal by ableism and the neurotypical majority. These are only a few examples of how many autistic adults feel when the media attempts to portray us. Many autistic adults feel that the media betrays us. My guest to talk about this important topic is Nicola Whiting. Nicola is the co-owner of Titania Group. She is also autistic an Amazon best-selling author and is listed as one of the top 20 most influential women working in cybersecurity. Nicola received the United Kingdom's inaugurable National Cyber Citizen Award 
for her outstanding contribution to the world of cybersecurity and protectional and awarded an MBW by the Queen for services to international trade and diversity. Nicola joins me today to talk about this important and sensitive topic, Autistic Adults Media Portrayal or Betrayal. After this first commercial break, I will begin my conversation with Nicola Whiting. Stay tuned. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on Anchor FM, Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and TuneIn. GT Independence is a national leader in financial management services for self-directed in-home and community-based long-term support. With self-direction, you have the right to live the life you choose, regardless of age or ability, in your own home or community. At GT Independence, our job is to help make self-direction easy. With self-direction, you make all the important choices, like who to hire, when to schedule support, how to manage your care, and even who to fire if things aren't working out. We take care of the administrative details, including Medicaid waivers, new employee paperwork, taxes, and paychecks. Founded in 2004, GT Independence is a disability-owned business that's proud to have assisted more than 25,000 people in receiving self-directed care from the safety of their own homes during the COVID-19 pandemic. By removing the increased risk of group living settings, self-directed care saved lives. To learn more about GT Independence and how to self-direct care in your state, visit www.gtindependence.com. Welcome back. Now it is my privilege to introduce Autistic Adults Media Portrayal or Betrayal with my guest, Nicola Whiting. Nicola, welcome and thank you for talking with me on this episode of today's Autistic Moment. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Today we want to talk about the ways that autistic adults are portrayed or betrayed by the media. Um, Autistics, like most people who are considered as those people, um, get portrayed in movies such as What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Um, There are television series like Atypical and Autism Love, and more recently, the play named Music. 
uh, programs such as these uh, bring a mixture of responses from autistic adults. On this episode, you and I are going to talk about what those responses are and perhaps why. So let me begin with my first question. What important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about in terms of how we are depicted in the media? Ooh. So I think one of, one of the challenges is that the autism movement and the autistic movement are two different sets of people. And the autistic movement obviously is autistic people and we come in a wide variety of, of flavors. And, and so sometimes those representations may actually be close to some of us and other representations don't represent us at all. And the, the challenge I suppose with um, any representation is you examine it against yourself and go, is this me? And, and that's kind of natural. The other, yeah. challenge, is, the other challenge is that um, because the autistic movement is fairly early on in its curve, and I, and I say that because if you compare us to say um, the LGBTQI plus community, they share much further along in their curve. And a lot of their stereotypes are no longer portrayed in that way in the media. But if you kind of go back to say, you know, the birdcage and early things so that, you know, that they're, they're, uh, <laughs> their portrayals were a lot more stereotyped when I was in my teens than it's, now. So I think yeah. we've got a growth curve to go through in how autistic people are portrayed that we can. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's really not able to be missed that most autistics that are portrayed in the media are children, not adults. At least that's how it is in the U.S. Um, it's, it's, it's almost never that you really see a story about an autistic adult. And so, and that's one of those things that sometimes it seems like the media still thinks like some that autistic adults must not exist, yeah. you know, you know, and so, um, I think one of the one of the pieces of information that um, we need to say is that um, autistic adults really don't exactly have a place in the media completely yet. But mm, I, I may disagree with you. Go ahead. It, it, if you think so, there's two ways of looking at autistic adults. So there is a way of looking at an autistic adult playing an autistic, which I would right. say very poorly represented. And then you've got autistic adults just playing human beings in their infinite variety. Somebody like Anthony Hopkins, for example, yeah. and the other autistic actors and other neurodivergent actors and actresses, um, whichever you kind of use the language on that now. Um, so I think that the challenge is that the media always stereotype. It doesn't matter what they're portraying. Everything tends to be a stereotype, whether it's a superhero, whether it's a woman, whether it's, um, you know, 
every community tends to be stereotyped in films and media portrayals because they're, they're looking for archetypes. And it's very rare that any film represents a nuanced character well. Right. But I do think that they do it particularly badly with autistic adults and they do right. tend to the, the worst parts of stereotyping and then emphasize them. Yes, because that's been one of the responses, for example, to Atypical, uh, which, you know, is a story about an American youth who's finishing up his high school days and going into college. And there are several stereotypes in there that are, are difficult uh, for many autistic adults, as I've heard it said, that, um, you know, we're almost stereotyped as people who get set up, which is not entirely untrue. Uh, but you know, um, you know, um, there, there's there's just some things in there that many autistic adults have have suggested. Um, you know, um, and I think the responses of that. And even of some others, like especially the play music lately, um, has been that, of, you know, they portray autistic individuals, but they don't really consult autistics before they, they, they create whatever they create. And for many autistics, I've heard that that has been a particular sore spot. I, I would completely agree with that. And, and I think where I would agree with that, um, Philip, is that, so I'm, I'm a big proponent of nothing about us without us, not only for neurodivergent people, um, but any, any person. So if you want a successful company, you involve your employees, for example, in decisions about them, irrespective of their neurotype. Right. If you want to represent any set of people well you should consult them so you, that you're creating the right character yeah. now, the challenge is sometimes when actors have gone to create autistic characters what they've done is they've gone to um say a a place where there are people with very high support needs and they've based their character on that but then they've put their character in a situation that somebody with very high support needs might not be in <laughs> And yeah. so it's really challenging. But I think what I would say is it stems back. So we kind of look at why do the media portray things well? And it's almost like looking at people falling downstairs. I think we need to take a step back from that and go, why are the people falling downstairs? You know, oh, there's slippery ice in the top. What's that slippery ice look like? And in my opinion, the slippery ice looks like that all of our language all of how autistic people are portrayed is from a language of lack that comes from the medical um, community and sometimes the autism community rather than the autistic community. Um, right. And so that language of lack, which, you know, if you look at the average charity um, that's an, that, that raises money for autistic people, on the basis of empowering autistic people and supporting autistic people, most of the boards aren't autistic people. And in right, fact, right. they have 10% representation. So when you look at that, the charities and the medical community are putting the language that controls our society into society 
and the media is a representation of society, a caricature of society in some yeah. ways. Yeah. So if we don't address our representation at, at those points, we're always going to have people in the media falling down the stairs effectively and, and creating right. poor models of it. So I think yeah. there's a kind of step back. We can't fix it unless we either control our own destiny and make our own movies or start changing the model that the movie makers are basing these things on right so Uh, (laughs) right i'm going to launch into my second question uh but what are the barriers for autistic adults when it of all ages when it comes to our representation in the media and here's where I'm going to say, this is not just a portrayal, but actually a betrayal here. Uh, one of the matters that I am particularly concerned about is that here in the U.S., as you know, we've got a real problem with gun violence here. And what has happened is after some major mass shooting uh, episodes here, that the news media will be rather quick to send the news that it was done by an autistic person who simply went bananas, as we say. And my concern is that that tends to stereotype autistic people or even people with autism, if we want to, I want to be fair there, as potentially violent. And I have a very big problem with that because then when we're portrayed as violent, then, then there's this, it creates fear for autistic people and, and, and further stereotypes are social um, challenges. Yeah, and, and I would agree with, with everything you've said there. And I think yeah. that is um, othering is really common in the media um, because the media want to sell eyeballs effectively. Ice, right. Eyeballs. And it doesn't matter um, whether it's autism that other, othering, whether it's um, black people that they're othering, whether it's LGBTQI plus people or trans exactly. people or whatever, it's about othering. It isn't necessarily. Ice autism so it's it's one of those things that is so natural in the media right uh, that you you don't feel it unless you're part of the group that they're othering at that particular time exactly actually i think in some ways the fact that we feel othered as autistic people i i i find that many autistic people have a real empathy which is another myth that I'd like to dispel. Exactly. Empathy towards other groups that are othered. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I, I know that there are, I think, a disproportionate number of people that actually are of alternative sexualities and, and genders in the neurodivergent community because we don't Very see much so. challenges of being different. You know, yeah. we... we, we and naturally different in how we think. And so all of our differences um, tend to be more accepted, I feel. You know, I've, I've not really ever, 
personally encountered um, more acceptance than in the neurodivergent community of other people that are in communities that are marginalized, for example. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and maybe it's a bigger thing than than just about us. And I and I think right. that's that's the thing that actually I don't think us kind of shouting about it or railing about it is gonna hugely make a difference. I think it's a legislative thing. Um, I think that is going to be harder in America than it say would be in the UK because of the freedom of speech and amendments okay. and how, how tied in they are with your culture and in many ways rightly so but that then has a flip side that costs people and you know I, I'm, I'm one of those people that are just like well why can't people just be positive and kind? And unfortunately, the, the reason is that the media isn't set up that way. They want eyeballs on pages and screens. Right. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Okay. I'm less concerned well, about that than when it then impacts people in um, sentencing and the bias right. in, in things like that. You know, like when when people don't have things taken into account there or when people as has been happening recently claim that autism somehow gives you a free pass and that that isn't you know that there's all kinds of people that are othered that are, can still have and do terrible things after this commercial break I will continue my conversation with Nicola Whiting. Stay tuned. be great if everything fell in place. Sometimes our lives need a little rearranging. One of the most challenging times is when we experience a major transition, such as job exploration, moving to a new place, or simply when you are defining your path in life. During these challenging times, individuals can feel like there's a great river between you and where you want to go. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps carve a path to the destination that's right for you then lay the stepping stones so you can accomplish your goals. Visit us at lookingforwardlc.org for more information. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at micommunity.org. Be sure to buy your tickets for the special live virtual event with Samuel J. Levine on August 10th, 2021 
at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. General admission is $10. If you are one of the first five to register, write first five, that's capital F-I-R-S-T number five, the number five, into the drop-down promo code window to get your free ticket. To receive the promo codes for the podcast planning partners and podcast planners plus free pass from me, you must be a subscriber. Go to todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash subscribe forward slash to purchase a subscription and I will email you the appropriate promo codes. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Welcome back to my conversation with Nicola Whiting. Well, a few episodes ago, I interviewed um, Samuel J. Levine, who is a um, he is a, a lawyer, a, a law professor, but is a very strong um, advocate for disability rights, especially for autistics. And he is of the feeling that. The written law can only change so much because there's always a way to get around the written law. And so his his thinking is that we we change the mindset of people about what being autistic means. Um, you know, yeah. it, 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 it's this goes into the question of advocacy, which is always my last question that, you know, um, what important steps do autistic adults and our supporters need to take to advocate for our needs? And I think one of those, one of those things we, we need to do is, um, is to change the mindsets of people in our everyday uh, relationships, as challenging as those relationships are. But in terms of the media, we know that the media is not going to do the changing for us. No, so the media we, is only ever a reflection of society. Right. And, and a limited, a limited uh, view of society because they've only got so much time to portray or betray whomever they're, 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 they're covering. So the advocacy... Um, is how do we advocate? I mean, uh, we have seen, for example, uh, with that movie musical, or music at rather, um, that um, some people tried to call it to the attention of the actors, one of the actresses who really portrayed autistic people in a way that really did disturb many. And the response was so, you know, rude to say it um, politely, uh, but, you know, it was so rude that, that again, many autistics felt like they were the losers in, in, the, in, the, in the thing. I'd want to reframe that because I know that it's very easy to focus on things like that. But if you actually look at what happened to music, so, there was a lot of outrage 
the outrage was picked up by the media and generally, although they then, as part of that coverage, often rolled out the old stereotypical tropes, it was covered as this is not right and the autistic community are quite rightly calling out that these are some things that have happened. What then happened is music actually got awarded in the Razzes because people kind of realized that it was actually not representing us well and all of the other stuff that happened too. And, you know, that, that I would call a win. I know it was a hard win and I know that it cost a lot of people energy and emotional spoons, but actually that I would count as a win because a lot of people realized, even if they then went and, went and watched it, that it wasn't representative and it hadn't been in consultation with the autistic community and the autistic community were saying that this is stereotyping us and also has things in it that could physically cause us harm and should not be represented on screen that as far as I'm aware were removed from the movie you know like full body restraint so I, I would say that actually that music is a, is a great example of our power when we get together and speak with one uh, you know recently I've been thinking about you know how how some of us are portrayed in the media and then the responses that comes um i think the autistic community adults and children alike and parents of autistic excuse me children is that we are going to have to accept our struggle and be allowed to struggle within with the diversity within the autistic community because a lot of us are struggling with terms, words um, that, and, and, and they are difficult because, you know, in the United States, for example, uh, part of the problem is that the DSM-5 made those changes from saying Asperger's versus uh, pervasive developmental disorder. And then they said that, no, everybody's on the autism spectrum. And then the other matter that we have really tried to move on, and one that I do support, of course, is getting away from the functioning labels because of how harmful those functioning labels can be. But um, the thing is, there is a diversity within the autistic community that includes those who are still in a different place. And I think that it's important to note that communities of diversity do struggle with the diversity within its own community. And I think it's important to allow us to struggle with that, to allow ourselves to get to a place of, of accepting one another because we've all been engaged in that struggle. And I think that's some of the hardest part of the media and how we're often portrayed in the media. It may not give us, I say may not, because there's no absolutes on this business. Uh, but um, I think part of it is that it shows one, they tend to show one side of us. And then the harder part about advocating 
is allowing us to struggle with that diversity. And so um, I'm interested in your thoughts about that. So, uh, so there are two sets of thoughts. So the first set of thought kind of goes back again to who controls our language. Right. So I, I came to my diagnosis late in life. And therefore the first language that I encountered was language created by non-autistic people because it was exactly which so that you get the identity then you find your first set of language which is often non-autistic generated language yep. and then you become part of the autistic community and then often people then change their language i did <laughs> and sometimes they don't because they've taken ownership of the first set of language that they got which is often given to them by parents and medical community people so some of the challenges within our community are actually created by the fact that we didn't own our language in the first place. Right. The other thing is that adds a little bit of a layer of complexity to some of those challenges is that many autistic people, and again, I'm one of them, are hyperlexic and they're very word-centered because um, a bit like if you're in a wheelchair, you get upper body strength. The areas of challenge that we often have are things like recognizing um, facial expressions or other things that, that are struggle areas for us. And so we lean into the language, which means that we, we, we cherish the language and we own the language and we get very, very fierce about the language. And it means that it's sometimes hard for us to to allow other people to use different language because we, we fiercely get attached to it. And so, so we kind of need to go through that growing process. I agree with you there, Philip. But I think we also need to talk more amongst ourselves and acknowledge that there are reasons that this is happening, particularly in the autistic community, that, that are less problematic in other communities. Um, but every community that is more... Uh, is further along this this path has had similar challenges with their languages like the lbgtqi plus started out with less letters <laughs> and now it's got an a in it for allies as well you know this is this is an evolving thing um and the great thing is if you look back at that community you know when i was born in 1971 um it was only a few years earlier that the Stonewall thing had happened and, and they were saying we, we shouldn't be in the diagnostic and statistical manual because actually our sexuality is another normal human variant. It's just not the, the typical or the majority human variant. And so, you know, maybe that is our ultimate thing that we will be accepted as a human variant and not have this language of lack um, enforced on us so right that maybe is is the ultimate area um and then the areas that we need more support on and i'm i'm a big uh advocate for removing functioning labels because they don't help and a lot of the autism community um struggle with that because they use the functioning labels as a way of getting help for themselves so what we need to do is not remove them, but replace them with support labels because people take mental shortcuts. They use labels. That's the way brains work. So if we talk about support labels, I could have high support needs one day. I could have 
low support needs the other other people are constantly in a much higher support needs place but what i'd want to do is expand that support need conversation to those people that surround us because families need support our educators need support our employers need support and our whole network needs support to move humanity into a place that we can um, be accepted as a variant right my last question actually is something again that samuel levine said and i consider him to him to be amazingly brilliant and this will be my last major my last question i asked you about but one of the points that he brought up that i thought was brilliant is that part of the problem of portraying autistics in the media is that um to use his example is that in just about every media setting you have the individual who's a little bit narcissistic a little bit funny you have the individual who's larger or smaller. You have another individual who may, may have a criminal mind or just somebody who's just plain old, you know, goofy. And so his argument is that why can't we just portray autistics as just another different individual in the group rather than making us a particular, um, like, the center of everything. And um, he believes that's part of changing the mindset because autistics are a normal in and of ourselves, as we know, but we're not seen as normal. But I think his point is that if we can get the media to just, we're just one among many different people rather than being this sole point of focus that that might help in some ways. Uh, that, again, that's his thinking, and I invite you to, to give your thoughts on that. Yeah, I suppose, I, I, I don't really know the answer to that one, to be honest. I think I'd need, I, that's not something I particularly um, thought about. I suppose, The tendency for for characters to become centralised um, may actually be how interesting we are in terms of you know again people want ratings when they're making series and shows and right, right. the little nuances of humanity are what make things interesting for ratings right. and then when you look at and, 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 you know, let's say the Big Bang Theory, when nobody's ever said Sheldon Cooper is autistic. But when you look at the sort of portrayal of that character, you kind of go, well, let's say he was or not. doesn't really matter. It's the, the, the strangeness compared to the typical behaviour right. when, when he's being highlighted that make him a, a very central character. And then you look at The Good Doctor and other things where they're, they're kind of stereotyping but it's because there's that interest in that character and well, what are they gonna do about that? What are they gonna do about that? So they're, they're exploring live all, all of those things. And it's not that different, um, again, to say the early portrayals of gay people within a group 
where there was always one really sort of flancy flamboyant person that didn't really relate to many people in the community and um, and it, and I think we're just on that curve again but we're early in the curve if you look at say for example portrayals of ethnicity in the 70s and 80s you'd look at them now and go oh that's cringeworthy that's so stereotypical and awful and doesn't relate to people as people and but now they're part of that very group that you're talking about they're just one of the five people essential to the character they're like you'd have friends but it's much more diverse now right right um, but we're not there yet with neurodivergence because the media have don't really know what they're doing because the language is still controlled by neurotypical people who tend to stereotype right <laughs> they're looking from the outside and just looking at traits and trying to box them so right i, I really do genuinely think that a lot of this may go away as we start to have our allies not take our platform, but to make our platform. Yes. And I think that's the thing that needs to happen, like it happened with women in technology and like it happened with the LGBTQI plus community and um, Black Lives Matter. When our allies make our platform rather than take the platform, that's when the start of language change really, really accelerates that's when we get start to be portrayed more accurately in our variety um, as one of many. And, you know, th that's really the, the way that this will happen. Either that or, like I sometimes say, Star Trek will happen, an alien race will invade the, the, the Earth and suddenly humanity in all its variety is okay because they're the other. But, you know, in, unless that happens, I think we're going to have to go it the old-fashioned way and, and take control yeah. of the language and, and how we portray ourselves. That's right. After this final commercial break, I will conclude my interview with Nicola Whiting and then today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Stay tuned. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. On August 9th, you do not want to miss listening to the episode Autistic Adults and Gaslighting. Gaslighting is a form of manipulation and abuse concentrated on making someone doubt reality. It can include lies and constant cover-ups, broken promises, and erodes one's sense of what is real. Lyric Holmans, the neurodivergent rebel, joins me to talk about what gaslighting is with some advice on how to recognize it and protect ourselves from abusers. On August 23rd, Zephyr James will be my guest to talk about autistic adults and interdependence. Interdependence is best understood as depending on each other and seeking healthy relationships, 
connected communities, building strong families, and understanding the connection of independence with interdependence. Zephyr James is the Community Engagement Manager at the Autism Society of Minnesota who is leading this project. You will not want to miss this episode. There are some great shows coming up in the fall about subjects like dating, romantic relationships, and sexuality. Let's talk about consent, socializing with other autistics, and preparing for holidays that are not so sensory friendly. I would love your help to prepare for these and other shows. Become a podcast planning partner or podcast planner plus free pass subscriber and you can join me and other autistics on July 22nd and August 19th to suggest topics and questions you would like me to ask my guests. Go to todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash subscribe forward slash. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Nicola, I want to thank you very much for being on this episode today. Boy, we've had some interesting conversations. Uh, and I always say that we're not solving problems today. We're talking about them. And to me, talking about them is one of the ways that we begin to change things, hopefully, of course. So uh, thank you very much for being on today. Thank you so much for inviting me and for having such fantastic questions that, that really allowed us to explore some of the more, some of the more challenging things that, that we need to, to move past in our community, but thank you. You're welcome, thank you. Today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Minnesota Independence College and Community is having a virtual open house on Thursday, July 29th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Go to miccommunity.org to register. Minnesota Independence College and Community invites you to join them for MICC's Independence 5K race on September 19th in Donaldson Park in Richfield, Minnesota. The Autism Society of Minnesota invites you to reach out to your golfing friends and golf clubs to participate in the 26th annual Awesome Golf Classic at the Royal Club on Monday, August 2nd, 2021, beginning at 12 p.m. at the Royal Golf Club on 11455 20th Street in Lake Elmo, Minnesota, 55042. Sponsorships are available. Go to ausm.org to register. Please follow today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Please send an email with comments and questions to p-k-l-o-w-e at todaysautisticmoment.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult.